0: Today, on The Lab Report, we talk fun facts about minerals. Hey, Patty! What? Fun fact about iron. Mm -hmm. It's actually a trace mineral.
1: Oh my god, that is fun.
0: I'm having a ball. Me
1: too. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report.
0: Hello. Hi. It's the Lab Report again, coming at you
1: <laughs> from Genova Diagnostics.
0: My name is Michael Chapman. I'm Patty Devers. How are you doing today, Patty? I'm
1: doing so well, thanks. Good. How about you?
0: I'm a little sleep deprived, mm. but you know what? With the territory, that's Dad. all right. You ever find that sometimes getting less sleep you're actually more attentive the next day? You ever have that? Yeah, actually, I have. I've had that where I get like four hours of sleep and then I'm like, Man, I'm on fire today, but I don't think we have should have be, been oversleeping this we can't whole time. Promote,
1: we can't promote that,
0: no, because that's not good. studies have shown that actually losing one hour of sleep yep. per night totally. contributes to insulin resistance, and that's just terrifying to me because I've got little kids at home, like, I'm one hour that's <laughs> that's a gift. Just losing one hour? How about losing four?
1: Well, the fact that you're so sleep deprived means this might be a really funny episode then.
0: Yeah. There's <laughs> in, no way of knowing what's going to come out of my mouth.
1: And in the promo teaser, you promised us some fun facts about minerals, which in my head, I don't really think about minerals as fun, but this is going to be great then. I can't well, wait.
0: I like to over-promise and under-deliver. <laughs> That's the recipe for Not success. Not how that goes.
1: You should do it the opposite way.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. I guess I was hearing yeah. it the wrong way this whole time.
1: I sort of feel bad for minerals. Why? They can't, they kind of take a backseat to the other nutrients. Yeah, right? that's true. Like I mean, people you, talk about vitamins.
0: Yeah, you call it a multivitamin. You don't really call it a multi-mineral, do you?
1: Right, and there's minerals in multivitamins.
0: Yeah, it's probably one of the most important parts of the multivitamin.
1: So not fair.
0: The magnesium, the calcium, the zinc, all those things. They need
1: a bigger advocate.
0: They do. We can um, be that voice. Let's, yeah, let's be the ringing endorsement for <laughs> minerals today. Because okay. minerals are amazing.
1: They're important for so many things in your body. They're mo- probably the most important part of a lot of biochemical reactions because they are important cofactors for a lot of enzymes. And, and
0: when body. I think about common deficiencies, mm. it's going to be mineral deficiencies. Yeah. It's not going to be like B vitamin deficiencies, although right. people need v- B vitamins. I think it's probably magnesium and zinc. These things are, it's so common to be you know, either deficient or mildly deficient in those just based on not getting it in the diet the types of diet that we're eating. We'll talk about the fact that when you take wheat and then you refine it into white flour, you lose, I mean, so many of the minerals out of it. Mm, It's incredible.
1: Well, there are trace minerals and then there are macro minerals. The big ones. Well, actually, they're not bigger. You know that, right? It just means that they're... We need them in bigger amounts.
0: I mean, they're big time. Like big deals. Yeah, they're big time.
1: (laughs) So the bigger ones like you said, are things like calcium and sodium and magnesium and potassium and chloride and yeah. sulfur.
0: Yeah. Sulfur? Yeah. How did sulfur sneak in there? I
1: don't know.
0: Sulfur gets a bad rap. It does. Because it's smelly. Yeah. It's smelly. But it's really important for some... Poor sulfur.
1: <laughs> but then there are trace elements, right? Things like iron. Iron is a trace. Seems element. counterintuitive, it does. huh? does. Mm. So is Zinc. Right, and so is like copper and manganese and selenium.
0: Chromium, vanadium. Molybdenum. Man, we could go on about the trace.
1: So then where do we start? Well, in general, these are – people don't think about them, but we need them. They're important for so many physiologic – biochemical processes, right?
0: Yeah, they're cofactors for enzymes. They form the backbone for proteins. I'm thinking about iron and zinc forming Mm. the backbone for certain proteins, like metalloproteins. And when it comes to zinc and selenium, that help with detoxification, Mm -hmm. super important. Some of them help with immune functions, you know, stabilizing blood sugar. There's so many different functions for these minerals. And just, I'm going to say it, Go. We're probably not getting enough <gasps> in our diet. You We're think? probably not getting enough on our diet. I remember being, you know, at school, mm-hmm. and one of the things that we commonly just gave to everyone was a mineral tea. Really? It was a mineral tea because it, we just walk around with the presumption that people are not getting enough minerals. Because when you think about it, the majority of our minerals are coming from what in the diet? Vegetables. Or yeah, vegetables. I think of green leafy vegetables that mm-hmm. are high in mineral content. Maybe organ meats, which we're right. not eating a ton of. You can get some other minerals like zinc is high in shellfish, which copper. How and much oysters. shellfish are right. we really eating? Mm. You so sure you can get? It's in other things. It's mm-hmm. in eggs. It's in beef. Right. Some minerals, but the mineral content and the the amount of trace minerals that's all changing and has changed over time based on farming methods. Mm, right. And just the overall availability, the bioavailability of these makes it really tricky to make sure we're getting our our daily allotment of it.
1: Okay, so how are we going to make this fun? You promised fun facts.
0: Uh, I'm going to give some fun facts. Go ahead. You want a fun fact? I do. Okay, so here we go. Some 50 to 75% of magnesium is lost in the water when vegetables are boiled.
1: What? So we can't boil any of the vegetables? Don't
0: boil your vegetables. If you boil your vegetables, you better drink that water.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let it cool down first.
0: Yeah, yeah. just consider it a vegetable tea.
1: <laughs> wow, that was a fun fact. I laughed. All right.
0: But you know what I think would also be fun? What? Let's just go around the team and see what people's favorite mineral is.
1: All right. What do you think is going to be the most popular answer? I'm voting for molybdenum.
0: That's probably a dark horse in the race.
1: Hmm, we'll see.
0: All right, so who's first on the list?
1: I think we should start with Dr. Donna Filatova.
0: Dr. Filatova.
1: Yeah, she's the newest member of our team and she actually has a doctorate in nutrition.
0: Smarty pants. So
1: if we're talking about something as mundane as minerals, she's going to spruce this up and make it fun.
0: Cool. Let's give her a ring. Cool.
1: Hello,
2: this is Donna.
0: Hello Dr. Filatova. This is Michael and Patty with the podcast. Hey, how Don. are How are Hello, you?
2: Hello, doctors. <laughs> Doing great. <laughs> How good. are you?
0: Good. good, good. So we had a quick question for you. Ooh. Do you have a favorite mineral? And if so, what about that mineral do you like so much?
2: <sighs> yes, I do. It's hands-down magnesium.
1: That's definitive. Hands-down.
0: Hands-down oh. hands oh magnesium.
1: My favorite. My favorite.
0: What do you like <gasps> about magnesium?
1: What's not to love about it? It's
2: involved and in, I think it's, uh, a fourth most abundant mineral in the human body and it serves as a co-factor to more than 300 if not more I think some research indicates more than 600 different enzymatic reactions cool. and neuron amongst that is uh, cell signaling it's sort of like taking social media away from cells so very important, right? So, yeah. not only that, it's bone mineralization, and that's partly by influencing the synthesis of the vitamin D metabolites. And right. it has to do with muscular relaxation, RNA and DNA synthesis, antioxidant level maintenance, and the list goes on and on and on and on. So, you're not sure?
1: Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> it does
1: a lot. No. So, you know, if we need a lot of information about anything nutrition, we always come to you.
2: Oh, thank you, guys. I appreciate it yeah you know what's really exciting? The fact that we measure it in red blood cells yeah so that's really important because only around i believe point three percent of total body magnesium is found in the serum, so mm. you know by measuring measuring that in red blood cell can provide a better reflection of the body magnesium status
0: yeah that's nice. r- that's yeah. a really important point because you know magnesium in the serum that's tightly controlled that's under very mm-hmm. severe strict homeostatic control to make sure cardiac contractility is is appropriate and so if you're looking for a nutritional status you really want to look in the red blood cell it's a great point
2: point. and most of us are deficient because we don't get enough from yeah. food it's really hard to get i mean unless you go on like a chocolate diet or
0: that's me.
1: Something that along those Let's all do that.
2: <laughs> sounds great, but I think it's only about forty-one milligrams of magnesium in an ounce of dark chocolate. So you'll have to eat what ten. is it, like ten, ten ounces of dark chocolate? Okay, so, okay. Is that math? Okay.
1: Chocolate diet.
0: It's almost like I had yeah. thought about that before.
1: Chocolate math. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, thank you yeah. so much for uh, being on with us, Dr. Filatova. That was Donna. in my name. Oh,
2: you're so welcome. Thank you for calling. Call yeah. me anytime. Okay. okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks.
1: Bye.
0: That was excellent. So uh, <laughs> who we got next on the docket?
1: Let's call Lenore Powell. Dr. Lenore Powell. She's yes. She's a member of our team.
0: Yeah. Medical affairs team member, naturopath by training. Another one of us.
1: She's got a master's in public health as well.
0: Cool. Let's give her a ringy.
1: Lenore Powell, you have a diagnostic. Hey Lenore, it's Patty and Michael from the podcast. How are you?
0: Hey Lenore, how's it going? Hello, I'm
1: doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you so much. What's going on? Well, sorry to bother you. I know you're super
0: busy. But what we're doing,
1: (laughs) we're we're doing Mm -hmm. a podcast on minerals. And so we thought it would be fun just to call some of the members of the medical affairs team and ask them, what's your favorite mineral and why?
0: Yeah, we figured there's probably some strong opinions about these minerals.
1: There are strong opinions about
3: minerals. <laughs> but of course, magnesium is absolutely my favorite mineral mm. of them all. It's just so very important. But let me pick something a little bit different. Okay. Selenium. Cool. Okay. Yay. So. <laughs> Selenium. So it really assists as a really awesome antioxidant. It actually helps with glutathione peroxidase in recycling and reusing glutathione. So it does have that wonderful function. And in fact, there's some thought behind it being used to help minimize or protect against oxidative stress, even Uh, lipid peroxides. In cases where we might have like cardiovascular disease or like sepsis or something like that, there is some information out there about how it might be protective. Cool. But also selenium is super important for your thyroid. And so it really helps us move T four into T three Free. And so in cases where patients present with low thyroid function, that might be something that we want to evaluate. You know, what's the patient's yes. selenium levels like?
1: That's a yeah, and no one, point. N- no one ever thinks about that too, like selenium and how important it is and all of these right. really important functions. Yeah. doesn't get it to exactly. do. Exactly. Exactly. And lastly,
3: it also helps to support immune function. Mm -hmm. And what's really nice is that there's a lot of great food sources for selenium, whether you're a vegan, a vegetarian, whether you eat meat, it doesn't matter. Hmm. It's in meat, it's in nuts, (laughs) it's in seafood, it's in Brazil nuts, it's in mushrooms. So there are a lot of awesome sources of selenium that you can get in through your daily intake
1: cool yeah brazil nuts is a big one i've heard of the brazil nuts have you had one i don't like them they're delicious they are but no i I don't think they're delicious i mean but they are rich in selenium yes yeah yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. there you go they're rich in selenium Um, (laughs) but also we have to be mindful of when we give our patients selenium as a supplement whether the inorganic or the organic form, which is a whole other conversation for oh, another geez. day, um, you have to be careful about toxicity. Right. Um, mm. Because you can experience things like nail discoloration, skin mm. and teeth discoloration. Not good. It can start impact <laughs> blood pressure. Definitely not aesthetically pleasing. Right? <laughs> so Those are some things that we also have to be very mindful of uh, when we look at supplementing patients with selenium. But at the end of the day, I just love
1: going the food route. Oh, yeah, food's always the the best way to go. But I think you've shed some light on a very important mineral, Lenore, that none of us ever think about. That was
0: awesome. That That was great. That was like a freaking ringing endorsement for selenium. (laughs) I I love that.
1: Big fan, big fan. (laughs) Oh, well, thanks, Lenore. You're the best. Sorry to bother you. No problem. No problem. Well, y'all have
3: a wonderful day. It's nice talking to y'all. Take
0: care, Dr. Powell.
1: See you later.
3: Bye. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Man, Lenore knows a lot about selenium. She really does. That blew my hair back.
1: (laughs) But you know, we talk on the phone all the time, so it's not uncommon for any medical educational specialist to have tons of facts right at the ready. I have a fun fact about selenium.
0: Go for it. Mm,
1: Not quite as fun as yours, but did you know that it's named after Selene, the moon goddess?
0: I didn't know the the moon goddess was named (laughs) Selene.
1: Greek mythology.
0: That deserves a ding, I think.
1: And selenium is also antifungal, and it's in dandruff shampoo like Selsun Blue.
0: Selsun blue, Sel- as in selenium.
1: As in that moon goddess shampoo.
0: All right, I've got one for you. Go ahead. That whole wheat flour contains five times more selenium than refined white flour.
1: Wow. There
0: Just we go. Some fun facts. information. So who should we go to next? Why don't you ask your little magic eight ball over there?
1: Yeah. Hang on. What's it say? It says ask Ed.
0: Doesn't it always say ask Ed on there? It does. Okay. Let's ask Ed. <laughs> Let's
1: ask Ed and... You might remember Ed from a prior episode. He's chiropractor, naturopath, Twofer. really smart.
0: Hello? Dr. Hi, Ed Wallace. How are you, sir? What's
2: up? Hey. Hey, hey guys. I'm doing well.
0: Although, oh, by the way, you're live on the podcast. This is Michael and Patty, in case you were just <laughs> chatting it up with somebody you didn't oh, know who it was. yeah. So I have a quick question for you. Yeah. Do you have a favorite mineral? And why?
2: And why? Yes, I will say that my favorite mineral has to be zinc Yeah. Um, I know the scientific reasons are going to be because it's involved with hundreds of biochemical pathways, insulin sensitivity, immune health, wound healing, hormonal health, all those things. Wow. But, uh, the reason it's my favorite actually is uh, when we were dealing with my mom's macular degeneration, uh, it was the addition of the zinc that actually helped stabilize her decline. So how could that not be my
0: favorite? That's what? excellent! Wow, it's a miracle mineral and a little bit of personal it personal was. affiliation <laughs> with that mineral as well. That's it's really
2: like cool. it's my buddy. Yeah, it's
1: Aww. my friend. That's excellent. really important.
0: That's great. Well, thank you, Ed, for your time and your input on that. That was uh, that was helpful. It's super yeah. cool.
2: Absolutely.
1: You're the
0: best, Ed. Thanks you a lot.
1: Have,
2: all right, you guys have a great day. All right,
0: you Thanks, too.
1: Thanks you too. You know, Ed really is onto something with that zinc in the macular degeneration. Yeah. There's zinc present in your retina and the amount of that decreases with age. So wow. they, they started to study if zinc would slow macular degeneration and they found that it delays it.
0: I did not know that. Hmm. That's a fun fact. Yep. You know, since I've been on this whole whole wheat bread versus white bread thing. Yeah. Did you know that whole wheat bread contains five times more zinc than refined white flour?
1: Big fan of the wheat bread, huh? There, I am now. crazy on the bread.
0: I am now. And another thing, there's these things called phytates that what? are commonly found in unleavened bread. Did you and, make that up? No, I did not. And it's in soy as well, but it forms a complex with zinc inhibiting its absorption. So by actually leavening bread mm-hmm. with yeast, mm-hmm. the yeast break down these phytates and lead to more zinc absorption. It's more bioavailable.
1: You know what's fun about this, Michael, when we do these off-the-cuffs? What's that? Everyone's starting to get to know the team and how, that's, how really smart everyone is.
0: That's a benefit because it people is. really should get to know this team. No kidding. Pretty great.
1: A lot of knowledge. And
0: when we want to get to know someone, I think Christine Steuby.
1: Oh, I think we know her the best so far on this podcast, don't we?
0: Frequent appearance.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's call her and ask her. Okay. Hello? Dr. Steuby. Hi,
0: you Hi. On the, you're on the podcast. This is Michael and Patty.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> have a question for you. Okay. Are you ready? I think so. Excellent. Oh.
0: Do you have a favorite mineral?
1: And why? I love magnesium.
0: Everyone loves magnesium. Fan favorite.
1: Everyone, really? That's the first thing everyone thinks of, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. What's your second favorite? Let's see. I,
3: I also like manganese a lot. I know it Good sounds one. very similar. Magnesium, manganese.
1: Right. Oh, um.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like manganese. Because it's a required cofactor for superoxide dismutase, yeah. which ah, is an antioxidant enzyme. Yeah, we've talked about yeah.
1: that. That's a good one. Yep. You know, a lot of these minerals are, like are important there with antioxidants.
3: They right? are. Yeah, I feel like some of them don't get as much attention, but we just said we that. look at superoxide dismutase on our one of our tests, and it's just... The conversation I always have is make sure the patient has enough manganese on board to help support that process because it helps with the antioxidant function of the mitochondria.
0: Hmm. You want to hear a fun fact about magnesium? Yeah. 85% of magnesium is lost in the refining of whole wheat flour to white flour. Wow.
3: Oh, that's terrible.
0: Isn't it? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Stuby.
1: (laughs) You're the best. Yeah. Thank you, guys. All right, Christine. <laughs> so are you. All
0: right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. So, Patty. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to say that Ed maybe stole a little bit of my thunder there because uh, I'm a big fan of zinc as well.
1: So if I were to ask you, that would be your answer.
0: Yeah, I think zinc. You I know, w-
1: why aren't you saying magnesium? Everyone else appears to say magnesium. It's just an obvious choice. Mm, I know.
0: <laughs> I think, <laughs> you know, when I think about zinc, it's just a cofactor to so many different pathways. Primarily, I you know, I'm a big fan of studying whole methylation pathway and oh yeah you know zinc is a cofactor for both the main and the backup pathways that mm. lead to methylation universal methyl donor sam mm-hmm. sam e as as some know it as so that's super important but it's also a cofactor in producing glutathione and then it's it's a metallo protein, so it helps in aids and detoxification. I'm just you know for those reasons, I'm a big fan of zinc. big fan of zinc. And it's very common to be deficient in. So how uh, come? Like just well, there's not diet. a lot of dietary sources that are rich in zinc. Mm. We lose a lot of zinc in the processing of food and boiling of food and all these these. Industrial processing steps of our food, we lose tons and tons of zinc. So, and it's just not very prevalent. It's a trace. So, it's very common to be, you know, mildly deficient in it.
1: So, zinc is your favorite.
0: Yeah. And immune function is critically important in immune function as well. It is. So,
1: you know what my favorite is?
0: What's that? Copper. Oh. (laughs) How interesting.
1: somewhat related, and we'll get there. But, copper is mine only because you don't think of copper, you think of copper as like a metal, right? Yeah. I think of pennies. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. But with that, you think about, okay, copper, it's a trace mineral and it's essential in the sense that we can't make it. We have to get it from our diet. It must come from your diet. And the problem is it's not as easy to get as it used to be. Like over the past hundred years, there's less and less and less of it in the soil because of farming manufacturing changes, right? So we used to get it from the soil, not so much now. The Mm -hmm. other problem is that as you, I think you mentioned this earlier about refining wheat to white flour. Big problem. With that huge drop, huge drop in copper as well. And so that leaves only a couple sources for us to get it. Things like shellfish, oysters.
0: Not a fan. Right. Liver. You know what I mean? Like
1: so copper is a little bit harder to get in your diet. So copper deficiency can be a problem. And the reason copper is important is it's kind of similar to what you're saying. It's it's a cofactor in a lot of important things like antioxidant Enzymes. Yeah. It's important for immune function.
0: Neurotransmitter production. It is. Critically dependent. Very important. It's a cofactor for a lot of the neurotransmitter production pathways.
1: Yeah. And as a free ion in your system, copper is actually an antioxidant in addition to it being a cofactor for antioxidant enzymes. But.
0: Cool. Because. It's interesting that you.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say this.
0: Are. A fan of copper,
1: uh-huh. and
0: I am a fan of zinc. That makes us diametrically opposed as we sit here at opposite ends of the table. Because
1: explain to the to the audience why
0: those two minerals compete with each other.
1: Not only that, for even for absorption for in the gut. Right. Right. So by just explain to you how hard it is to get copper.
0: Yeah. Right? So if you were to take zinc. Yeah. Then it's going to oh, even further inhibit your ability to absorb copper. Right. And vice versa, if you're gonna. Right for some reason take copper by itself which you really wouldn't Mm. um, you're going to inhibit your ability to absorb zinc so they share the same sort of transporter and there's competitive inhibition with with those two
1: and the important thing is we know they're both really important cofactors in so many things and they're antagonists of each other and I think this is going to lead us to a really good question of the day today
0: it begs the question Mm. of the day what time is it oh you know what time it is Question of the day, question of the day, question of the day, question of the day. Yeah, this one makes me want to get out my seat and dance. Question of the day, question of the day, question of the day, question of the day.
1: Are we going to have a lab report dance party?
0: We might. Cool. What's the question of the day?
1: Well, the question of the day is in relation to the zinc-copper ratio. Yeah. And what is normal What's the health implication? Why do people care about the zinc-copper ratio?
0: Yeah. So that question, I think, really has two questions in one. Okay. Because I think there's a couple things that get confused. There's a zinc-copper ratio when it comes to supplementation, and then there's a zinc-copper ratio as it relates to a serum measurement. And they're used relatively interchangeably. And so I think it's led to a lot of confusion. So when you're talking about somebody taking a supplement... Based on that fact that you want to have a balance between zinc and copper, you don't want to be reducing your levels of copper by taking zinc and vice versa. They are usually combined together in a supplement, some sort of zinc-copper combination. And the ratio between the two that's recommended is somewhere around an 8 to 1, meaning for every 1 milligram of copper, you're going to want 8 milligrams of zinc, And so that's why a lot of times you'll see supplements that are 15 milligrams of zinc, two milligrams of copper, or maybe 25, three. That's very, very common if you are just to go to the health food store and get a zinc-copper formula. So that's one zinc-copper ratio, but there's another zinc-copper ratio that's talked about, and that's with respect to serum levels. Right.
1: And there's a lot of health implications around imbalance of this ratio. And the problem is copper in and of itself, is very helpful for antioxidant enzymes. It's an antioxidant. However, at higher levels, it actually is pro-inflammatory and can cause oxidative stress. And when zinc and copper are out of balance, it's associated with a lot of health implications in aging and neurodegenerative disorders, cancers, heart disease. There's a lot of specific health implications to an imbalanced ratio, and it's tricky.
0: Yeah, it is tricky. And as you said, there's an association there. I haven't seen sufficient evidence to necessarily prove what the causal mechanism of that is. Is this another
1: chicken and the egg question? Are we going to talk about the pre-chicken again?
0: We already (laughs) solved that. Oh, sorry. Um, But, you know, as an example, there's one study where they compared people with intrinsic asthma to healthy individuals and found that the cohort that had intrinsic asthma had a much lower zinc to copper ratio, which means the higher serum copper compared to serum zinc. And it was somewhere around a a 0.65 zinc copper ratio compared to the healthy individuals that had like a 0.85. There's no real established set point where somebody should be. There's another study I saw looking at children on, uh, that are on the autistic spectrum compared to healthy children also found a similar decline in the zinc-copper ratio. But my question that I don't think is, that's been answered yet is why. Right. Um, you know, I think we've seen that in inflammatory conditions, those individuals have higher serum levels. There's some pretty good evidence out there to support that. And you were mentioning how copper is actually somewhat of an anti-inflammatory antioxidant. So I wonder if it's a compensation strategy, whether in the mm. presence of oxidative stress and inflammation, you have more circulating copper in the serum. And so it might just be a surrogate biomarker for inflammatory conditions or higher oxidative stress. That would that would be my operating hypothesis Mm -hmm. but again we don't have a, a really firm mechanism for why we're seeing this shift in that serum zinc to copper ratio, which is different than when we're talking about the 8 to 1 thing when mm-hmm. you're supplementing.
1: Right. And when you're supplementing you have to be careful. And that's why you have tests. And even on the Nutribal we measure serum and copper, both in plasma so that you can follow it along with the literature and how they're using that zinc and copper ratio.
0: Yeah, you can literally calculate the zinc-copper ratio just based on the results of the test because we're we're doing it in serum just to for the purpose of being consistent with the literature.
1: And you need to be careful about some of these things like copper deficiency and patients who have like celiac, for example, or have small intestinal issues where this is being absorbed because it's so not readily available in your diet anymore. We have to be very careful about absorbing this nutrient. So something to think about in your patients who have small intestinal disease.
0: Two minerals to watch closely Mm. and uh, to be careful when you're doing any sort of supplementation. That leads us to our disclaimer. Why don't you take care of it this week?
1: Michael, yeah, The contents of the lab report are for educational purposes only. Our information isn't meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnoses or treatment information.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point that you bring up there. Thanks. I'm glad you disclaimed. Mm. Perfect. Okay, well, I think that does it for Question of the Day, and I think that also does it for the uh, this week's episode. I'm
1: glad we stuck up for the minerals.
0: Yeah, man. Right. Somebody had to. No kidding. So uh, who are we sticking up for next week? <laughs>
1: Well, I think someone needs to stick up for white flour after the verbal beating you gave it this
0: entire episode. I know. I'm sorry about that. But I just got to say, this has been <laughs> a life changer for yeah. me. I'm never, ever, yeah, I'm going to go home and buy, I don't even do gluten, but I'm just going to buy a whole a whole wheat loaf.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're kind of obsessed with that. You mentioned it like 18 times. I need episode. my minerals.
0: <laughs> I need them bad. Oh, but
1: what are we going to do this next episode?
0: Next time on The Lab Report... We're gonna talk about lab machines and use fancy words like chromatography.
1: Mass spectrometry.
0: Ionization.
1: Inductively coupled.
0: Lasers. Yeah.
1: You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net.
0: I'm just thinking about vanadium. Why? I don't know.
1: You can go home and feel bad about vanadium. I will. And us missing out on chromium. I will. And I'll keep my whole, you know, I'm in love with molybdenum and nobody else cares. So we're just gonna have to carry that burden home. We can't do every single one. That's rough. We did our best.
0: And that's all you can do at the that's end of the day. That's all
1: you day. can do at the end of the
0: day. That's all you can do. Yeah.